0: The transition, uh, it, it was tough. I mean, I've been out since 2017 and I'm still trying to find myself. It's a little tough because we're so used to a specific structure. And once they, you don't have to get up at 0630 in the morning to do PT or, you know, you don't have this specific place to go, you kind of get lost.
1: Hi everyone. And welcome to another episode of I am Christina D'Arcangelo and today I have one of my friends from a long, long, long time ago on with me, Lisa Kirk. Thank you so much for joining me today, Lisa.
0: How are you? I, I'm i having a great day. Thank you so much. I'm honored.
1: Oh, I'm so honored to have you on because you know it's important for us to talk about some of the things that you've been doing um, because you have a book, you're a veteran. There's a lot of things that I think would be important to share with people, um, especially since, you know, I work with veterans. you <laughs> are veterans. And, you know, the fact that we grew up in this little town called Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, we went off and did things with our careers. And it's really awesome to have you here today. Thank you for joining.
0: Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> so Lisa, why don't you tell everybody about yourself? about what you've been doing, where you've been, and kind of just give them a synopsis, if you will, as to things that you'd like to share today. And most importantly, I think we should talk about your book because it's really important for us to get the word out about that. Um, But do you want to get started?
0: Sure, sure. Uh, My name is Lisa Kirk. Uh, I served in the United States Army Military Police Corps for about 21 and a half years. I joined when I was 21, and I retired in 2017. I uh, met the love of my life. We've been married for 25 years. We reside in Missouri. I've been all over the place uh, serving my country and protecting my country. And I retired as a master sergeant at E8. And uh, during my time in service, I had some really good things that happened that I'll remember for the rest of my life and some things that, you know, I just carry around with me Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: uh, some stuff that, you know, affects my mental health. And so before I retired, I wrote this book. It's called In and Out of the Uniform. And it's just a short story, an easy read about my life in and out of uniform. Uh, Captures short stories of stuff like uh, I was raped, sexual assault, uh, toxic leadership, physical assault, and the purpose to live. And the purpose of my book is to inspire, motivate people to never give up and speak up. And after I retired, I started a business. It's called Create with Lisey, and It's therapeutic painting. So people can come and relax and create their own canvas.
1: I love that. And, and thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that. Um, I, I was getting, I have a sweatshirt on today because it's a little chilly over here. And I was like getting chills when you were saying all these things because, you know, this is one of the things that not a lot of people want to talk about, right? Ex-military people wanting to talk about rape Physical, mental abuse, other types of abuse that you have suffered from, um, and then when you leave, you're expected to go back into society and cohabitate with everyday people like me. You know, I haven't been in the armed forces. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's a hard transition for 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 you all. I mean, I know I have a lot of friends that are veterans that you know I work with clinically. But even through the nonprofit APA, we have a lot of patients that have come in with PTSD, other mental health issues. One of the things that we worked on with one of our companies that I represent were PTSD uh, formulations that are CBD. We have not launched them yet because we're gonna do clinical studies on them. Um, We're not like other companies where they just pump it out and say, here, take this, you know, (laughs) it works for this. We don't do that. (laughs) So, you know, we've had a really big focus on this because of all the veterans that we've had come our way over the years, people like yourself. And how do you get around all these things? And I think it's so awesome that not only did you write a book, but then you came up with a business as well to help people express things that they may not be able to verbalize, but they can in other
0: ways. Most definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's powerful. They show up to my business and they're nervous as i get out. And then throughout the, the time period, when I uh, show them what we're painting, uh, it gets quiet. And I always tell them, leave the worries out that door and just come in and relax on some music and then just have a good time. And it, it gives us a chance to connect to and socialize and think of good things.
1: Well, and also it's nice to show these these other veterans that they're not alone. Their voice matters. Their experiences matter. And there's ways that you can get support to feel more like yourself, whatever that is, right? Because you're never going to be who you were before you started this, yeah. right? And I'm not trying to be negative or anything or talk badly about the armed no. forces or it's just a different it's just the same thing, like with corporate America, you know, like, you, you know, there's a lot of horrible things that happen to you in corporate America, too. So it doesn't matter what job you're doing. That's why I'm referring to it as corporate, you know, like showing the differences, but the same thing. So I don't want people to think I'm talking badly about the armed forces. I'm just saying that your your path in life is very different than where you started off to where you are today. Wouldn't you agree?
0: Definitely. Uh, Being in the military, it it allowed me to transform into a very respectful and emotional. uh, Whether we were allowed to share them or not, I shared mine because I'm a very emotional person. Um, And the cohesion is is amazing. You know, the the sisters and brothers who I met uh, while serving and it was a great experience. I learned so much. And I mean, I met my husband there in the military, too. But the transition uh, it, it was tough. I mean, I've been out since 2017 and I'm still trying to find myself because, I mean, they, they share with you classes on how to get back into the civilian world. But it's a little tough because we're so used to a specific structure. And once they, you don't have to get up at zero six thirty in the morning to do PT or, you know, you have this specific place to go, you kind of get lost.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's kind of
0: isolating, right? Because you...
1: Not everybody understands this right they don't understand this and they and sometimes there's perceptions that you're so well off when you come out you know because you you've served all this time and that's not the case either and then also medically you are bound to go to the va right so whatever the va says and whatever the va tells you that's what you have to do medically as well so you still have that structure too that's not what we do on the civilian side right We just go to Penn if we need to go to Penn, you know, because they're here. So that's why I'm thinking on Penn. But you know what I'm saying? We don't have to go to the beach. And yet you're back in society and you still have to do certain things that you have to do because you're ex-military. And so I don't think a lot of people think about those things. I don't think a lot of people think about how much suffering you've done for our country while protecting us. While we put our head on our plush pillows at night and close our eyes and we sleep to a water fountain or whatever we have, right? You guys are out there defending our country, making sure we're not attacked, making sure we have the right to put our head on that pillow and sleep comfortably. I don't feel like we do a good enough job in society and embracing the veterans. It makes me really upset, you know, because like I said, I've seen a lot of, and I've, you know, cancer, a lot of. A lot of vets with cancer also. And then also, you came out right before COVID. Then COVID hits us, right? So now you're in lockdown, depending upon what state you lived in, right? You're in lockdown during COVID, and you just got out of the military not too long ago. And you're trying to find yourself in life. Where are you doing? What are you going to do? How are you going to live your life? And then we hit COVID. And we have multiple hits of COVID, one after another, after another. How did you do
0: with all that? It, it was a struggle. Um, so my family, they have underlying conditions, and I started back at work. And then once COVID hit, we stopped. And in order to go back to work, more masks, which was no big deal. But I have to be busy doing something. And that's what some people don't understand, that I have, me as a person uh, serving, I always have to be because my Rolodex continues to go in my head and I have to keep myself busy. So I had to stay. (laughs) It wasn't bad. It was a glorified dog kennel. It looked, it was like a dorm. I was separated from my family. I can go in and wear a mask. Um, So it, it hurt a little bit, but I was comfortable because it reminded me of like a barracks room that I lived in, you know, on, on our property, but I had to separate myself from my family uh, and if I would go up into the house, I'd have to wear a mask because my husband was teleworking and my mother-in-law lived downstairs. So uh, I just had to make sure that I was protecting not only myself but my family as well. So, but
1: yeah, it's, I mean, it was, stressful. it was a bit
0: of a struggle and, and triggering, yes, right? And it's yes, triggering. yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a job. Recently, I had to quit because uh, I had the motivation, but I uh, I wasn't given the purpose, direction, or guidance. Uh, it's like I was just thrown in to this job, and it I, I, several times I was outside talking to my husband. and I was crying because I didn't know what to do, and uh, nobody would uh, address me or give me tasks because I'm task oriented. Mm-hmm. So uh, and they didn't understand my lingo. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we have a specific lingo, and I'm trying to civilianize myself but I still get caught up in it because I've been in for so long.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's very difficult. People, and this is why I'm so happy that you asked to come on, you know, to be part of the show. And of course I was like, yeah, I want to have you on because you have a lot that you can help others with. You know, Lisa, you've been there, done that kind of thing. You had to live through COVID coming out and that isolation and then all the things that you beat every day, right? Every day you have to work through things. There's not like a switch that goes on and off here. It doesn't work that way. It's with you every day. And every day you have to make sure you keep yourself up here because it's very easy to go down here. And so when you're working in an environment where people aren't working with you properly, they're not communicating, they're not valuing you, they're not respecting you, that's another form of abuse. So once again, you're being triggered from now these people, because they're not able to act appropriately, whether it's maturity, whatever it is, the problem that they're having, that I would have left too, because you can't be in a place where you're uncomfortable all the time. Life is too short. We should have learned that. And I know you know this, being in the military, geez, you had so many times that I'm sure you were worried, you know, where you had close encounters, I'm sure you did. And then now you're back out here and you're supposed to have an easier life. And how easy is it really? How easy has it been for you?
0: I, I put one foot in, in front of the other and uh, try to stay positive and take every challenge as, as it comes. And if, there's, if I feel triggered, like by crowds or a situation, uh, I, I kind of think in my head that it's going to be all right. You know mm-hmm. that's that's so I have to I I have to just it's hard for me to say let it go but you you have to just let it go and just continue on with mission and uh with life because you get caught you get caught I get caught in a in a struggle and I, I don't want to be put in that position I'm trying to take my mask off and
1: mm-hmm. be
0: myself instead mm-hmm. of being that internalized mm-hmm. so I just kind of surround myself with the really good people and uh, there's a lot of resources out since I've been out that I've Uh, I've gone to that really helped me out as far as, you know, my PTSD, anxiety and depression. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, it's, it's 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 there's a lot that you have to deal with, you know, and if you don't have teammates that are understanding of that, that you like structure. Right. I love structure and I'm not military, but it was because of the way I was raised. I grew up blue collar. Everything was very, very structured everything had its place everything you know um and i was raised to not show emotions i'm italian you don't you, you know other than yelling you don't talk about the fact that so and so hurt your feelings right they you don't do that you yell about it right that's what they and you don't go to therapy and you know none of this stuff right they don't it's they don't want to talk about it so it's different but kind of the same right you know what i mean and I, I'm sure yes. growing up, you had stuff too, right? So then you go into the military, then you get out of the military and then we're in COVID, then you have these things coming up, popping up here, there, and wherever with tests, more and more tests. You never stop being tested. You're always being tested. And you still remain positive. Do you sometimes find that when you are upset about something, when you're triggered, that you look ahead to, okay, this is what it's gonna look like in the next two hours, the next five hours, the next day, so that you can see that there's an escape, so to speak, for yourself. Like, it's gonna get better, right? I've just gotta get through this right now, put my head down, but in the next three hours or whatever, I'll be here instead of being there. Do you do that?
0: Yes, I do. I try to uh, take it, like, I take it one step at a time, Depending on the situation, I avoid, I'm an avoidance kind of individual, Mm -hmm. uh, because I can go from zero to 100, uh, as far as my uh, anger, in a matter Mm -hmm. of seconds, I don't seem like that because I'm a very happy person, but it happens. And what I try to do is kind of focus on something, turn on some music, um, try to find something that can help me do some breathing, and then uh, it kind of subsides, and then I can just drive on. Yeah, that's
1: so important. Even tapping, do you know about the tapping?
0: Have you PMDR, ever tried that? Yeah. yeah. I've done, yes. Yes. It helped mm-hmm. me out a lot through some. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I I've learned that. Um. You can obviously tell I've had some therapy over the years, but oh, you know, yes. yes. You know, we all go through things, you know, and you've got to take that step, like you said earlier. You keep putting your foot forward. You keep going. Keep going. So, like from where we're from. The area that we, we, you know, the little town is called Phoenixville. And what do we have? We have the Phoenix that rises from the ashes. So a lot of us that grew up there that are true Phoenixville people, I I have found, you obviously are one of them too, where we remember, okay, the Phoenix, we are going to rise from the ashes. We've got to keep going. We've got to keep going. So it's important that we share these types of messages with the viewers or The listeners, however, they're picking up the podcast so that, you know, even during their worst days, they remember to put that foot forward. And I think it's really important that you brought that up. And so that's why I kind of went back to it again, because it's it's important. It's part of your mindfulness as well. It's part of who you are.
0: Yes. Yes, indeed. I mean, I almost took my life. My last duty station, I was in Fort Riley and everything was just like falling on me. And I was trying to break through. And my family was here in Missouri, so I really didn't have anybody. And I was alone at the top because I was a senior sergeant. And uh, I was in my apartment, and I was listening to my Grateful Dead and drinking. And I met some friends. They were Some of them were lower ranking, and some of them were just spouses of uh, the military. And they they knew something was wrong with me. And if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be here. And I, there's a purpose, you know, I have a purpose in life and I wouldn't want to do that to my family and friends. So I realized that life is, is too short. So you have to live every moment to the best of your ability.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, this month, I know you've seen a lot of my posts coming up for APA, Affinity Patient Advocacy for Mental Health Awareness Month, um, because mental health awareness is very important to me personally. Um, And also for all the patients that I've helped over the years um, where we've had people that were suicidal and had come to us and they come to me as the CEO directly, I pick you up first and I try to, you know, I triage or I handle it myself mostly. Um, So I can imagine how scary, thank God you were not alone. Because if in fact you had been alone, I mean, you know, who knows? Right. So, I think, I think it's so great that they were there with you to make sure that that didn't happen and that you continued forward with your life. And I think it's very brave that you admitted that, that, you know, this, this, this happened and I'm still here today because I choose to be here. I choose to yes. be here because I have a purpose here and my purpose is to help people because while I'm helping people, I'm helping myself. W- wouldn't you agree?
0: Yes, yes indeed
1: (laughs) and it's part of the trauma survivorship a lot of times when people you know in my opinion I'm not going to get into stats and all that stuff but in my opinion a lot of times us trauma survivors are we overshoot a lot right because we just push and push and push and push and push because we want everything to be perfect and we want to make sure we're helping people because that makes us feel better because of how we felt when nobody was there to help us through some of these things. Right. I think it's awesome what you're doing. Yeah. I, I truly do because I can't, I mean, being able to be impactful for all these other people, that when they come to you, you don't know if they were like you were back, like you just mentioned, you don't know. You, thankfully they're there with you and you're continuously being able to support them. So that's not like it's a one-stop shop. They can constantly be in touch with you. If they need help, you're there to support them. And you know best because you've gone through so much yourself. And you can empathize and talk to them in a way that they don't
0: feel threatened by it. Yes. Or embarrassed. I'm in a, or embarrassed. Yeah. I'm in a couple of... Uh... MST, military sexual trauma groups, and a couple other therapy groups where we have a a bunch of uh, women veterans that come together, and it's like a check-in. We all check in with each other, and we have each Mm -hmm. other's number, and we always connect with each other, and it's the beauty of it all. It's just people just need to reach out and not be afraid to open up, regardless of maybe if they have a security clearance or not, I mean, because Mm -hmm. their mental health is more important than anything
1: hmm. And a lot of people don't want to discuss mental health, you know, they want to keep it quiet, they don't want to sometimes people don't even want to admit that they have an issue when they do. And there's ways to get help. And it's, 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 you know, that's what I saw, you know, with my brother. And I saw because he wasn't, he wouldn't get let you help him. Then that's when he started doing other drugs to be able to stabilize his mind to escape how he was really feeling. And I was a little while ago, I was reading through some of our text messages and it's because we were coming up on Mental Health Awareness Month and the, the board, you know, they're always like, Christina, you really got to share, you've got to share your, your viewpoint, you, you know, you know, you know, so can you please? Plus I have anxiety, you know, like, so I know. And I, I have PTS. Awesome. And I'm a trauma survivor. So I, you know, I know, right. But I, I, I don't know everything, but like with my brother, I think that if he would have accepted some of these things and not have been embarrassed, he'd still be here today. So, you know, that's what's important, Lisa, is that we want to make sure that people stay with us. And if they need help, there's ways to reach out to you. They can reach out to us, you know, through an APA, where we can help people get a voice when they feel like they don't have one, or maybe they're afraid to share it because of backlash, because of stigma, because it's a sign of weakness to say you're a mental health patient in some people's minds. For us, it's not, it's a way of life. It's an accepting position that we're in.
0: Yes, most definitely. And the one thing, I know the one thing that uh, affected me when I, uh, when I exited or retired from the military is I, I don't have life insurance. I missed the window for the veterans group life insurance. Uh, it was a 180 day window and I started working immediately after I retired. Long story short, I called them and they say I was a a dollar short. Uh, they can't backdate it by law as far as yesterday. So I tried Prudent, like all these agencies like Prudential USA, all this other stuff. I I was denied because of my PTSD, anxiety mm-hmm. and depression.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So I, I was working on it.
1: I was denied, by the way, with one of those companies that you mentioned, not because I'm ex-military and with PTSD. No, no. I was denied because I'm a cannabis user. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because wow. I take medical cannabis for my my um, autoimmune diseases that's really where I started, and then obviously I was anxious because I was sick all the time, so it was impacting my mental health and then the PTSD I suffered um, you know this all helps me right as a patient, and I was denied. I finally got somebody so you know what i've got to look them up, Lisa, and I'll send you their name. I did find somebody who would cover me and just kind of like, okay, this is just a fact of life. I just need to find the next time the bill comes or I'll check, you know, um, my check, I'll check my bank records and I'll let you know who it was because I finally found somebody because I need life insurance. (laughs) I have a kid, you know, you need, you know, you have life, you need life insurance. You have a spouse, you have family members, you know what I mean? You've got to, you know, you've got to help them. So I'll look for that because that sucks that they did that. I, it's, it's it really, it's just, I thought we were getting away from that, right? Healthcare and life insurance, pre-existing conditions, like it's fact of life. Once again, you're being stigmatized because you have PTSD and you're just trying to have health insurance. You're not trying to, or not lie, I'm sorry, life insurance. You're not trying to premeditate something. You know what I'm saying? You're trying to get your
0: insurance. Yes. It, I could probably do it now because they said it, it was like six years or something like that. Uh, okay. I can reapply. Okay. So I'm going to try again. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll try well, again. And well, well, let, see. let me, let me first- know
1: because I'll look for that other company anyway and I'll send it to you because maybe they'll do it. <laughs> you know, I mean, again, but how not, how ridiculous is this? that you can't even get life insurance. This is such a ridiculousness in the system. I, I don't understand it.
0: Yes. I always say I was the poster child for uh, life insurance for getting out because they, they share with you the information. You have a certain timeline to do it. And I kind of missed it by a day because I, I was busy with my life. And mm-hmm. kind of like, yeah. So I always tell people <laughs> Make like sure veterans are getting out. Insurance. Yeah. Yeah. Or <laughs> are going
1: to be yeah. a medication? Yeah. Yeah. When now you're in a holding pattern, like
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, crossing your fingers that we are okay until we get to that point where we can try again. I mean, this is nonsense. I mean. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Well, Lisa, we're at the we're at the end of our time today. I really, really appreciated having you on and and thank you for sharing everything with us and I'm so glad we got you in in May too, because you know, this is very relevant to mental health awareness month. And um, I really appreciate you sharing everything with us today.
0: Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on, it was a blast.
1: (laughs) Oh, thank you. And I appreciate everything you've done for our country and for everybody else that you've been helping since then. That's important to notate too. Um, Because you know you're still out there fighting the good fight every day, and you're still helping people, so that's really important.
0: Yes, I will keep on keeping on for my community and for (laughs) yes.
1: That's absolutely right. So, with that said, as we say in every show, remember we are the same. Thank you for joining us today. I am Christina (laughs) Diarchangelo.